the shores of beautiful Nassau, Bahamas. Welcome to Walking in Victory with Bishop Neil C. Ellis. The powerful and prophetic ministry of Bishop Neil C. Ellis is impacting the lives of believers all around the world. His bold and forthright presentation of spiritual truths and biblical principles is sure to change your life forever. Get ready to experience a fresh approach to ministry as this anointed author and pastor teaches us how to walk in victory. Walking in victory. Well, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. God bless you today. This is Neil Ellis, and I'm delighted to be sharing with you today as we move toward the celebration of our nation's 48th birthday. What an awesome thing it is, and what an awesome God we serve. He has kept us, y'all. And today as a nation, in spite of all of the challenges we may be experiencing, I dare say, as a people, we continue to walk in victory. Speaking about walking in victory, over the next five, six weeks, our program is going to take on a different format. Uh, but I believe you're going to be blessed. Uh, some of my associate pastors will be leading over the next uh, five, six weeks, but they're going to be focusing in on a series we just completed recently on the blessing of Abraham. You're going to get snippets from my sermons uh, on, the, on that series. Uh, you're going to hear discussions. You're going to get testimonials. Uh, you're going to be provoked into having to look at yourself and analyze where you are in certain areas. But I believe it's going to be a blessing uh, from God. Please plan to join us over the next five, six weeks. It's going to be an exciting time. All right, now for the day, let me flip you right over to our house and they will take it from there. God bless you and God keep you. It's our prayer. serve is a God of generations. When the Bible listed God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what the Bible was making clear to us was that the God we serve is a God who expands himself over into generations. So God is so awesome and magnanimous in who he is that Basically, everything he does, he does in a way that transcends generation. 
so whatever then, because of that, God is doing right now in your life and with your life and through your life and for your life, that means for the most part, it's bigger than you and longer than your lifespan. And that's why sometimes you have pain in your life. You have disappointments in your life. Sometimes you have uh, uh, discouraging moments in your life and moments of discomfort. That's simply because what you are carrying and what you are birthing has generational consequences and implications. Uh, so what you are carrying in your life right now, my brothers and sisters, it will produce some pain. It will produce some discomfort. And it will produce some disappointments because the thing you are carrying is bigger than you. And it's larger than your lifetime. And uh, you need to know then, you need to know that you can't be pitching these pity parties for yourself because you are disappointed and somebody let you down. You have to go on with your life and realize that what you are doing and what you are carrying and what you are birthing is so big that the canal, the passage that you are supposed to bring this thing through that God has begun in your life is too narrow for it to come through. Which means it has to be stretched. See, the passage was built to match your body. But what you are carrying in your spirit is bigger than your body could handle. So in the stretching of the canal, in the stretching of the passageway, there's pain. There's discomfort. There may be times of discouragement. But the next time you find yourself discouraged, or, dis or uncomfortable, or in pain, that's a good opportunity to take your time, move aside for a moment, and give God a shout out for counting you worthy enough to carry this thing that has generational implications. Thank you, Bishop, and hello, everyone. I am Pastor Hervis Bain III, and I will be the host for this program. Today, we dive deeper into the Blessing of Abraham series. In this series, we have been celebrating the fact that God is indeed a God of generations. And in this episode, we will talk more in detail about a good family name, more so the blessing of having generational transfer. Today with me, joining me in this somewhat of a casual conversation, we had a nice little preamble to this conversation, so uh, we're taking off the titles, and I will rightfully so honor that. So I will have uh, with me Nehemiah here, and I cannot say honorable, but I'll say Mr. Shane Gibson, <laughs> um, because of the fact that, you know, it's been requested. So 
We heard Bishop just coming out of a clip, gentlemen, um, about talking about the God that we serve is a God of generation. And so when we hear that, when you hear that, uh, Nehemiah, what, 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 what comes to mind? How do you relate to that? What, what, what stands out to you? Well, um, naturally, when you're operating in a statement like that, you don't really connect it to your past until you hear it. Mm. So when you hear that God is a God of generations, and I look back at my life with my dad being a musician, even remembering my grandfather having music in him when I lived with him uh, on the accordion, and then my dad as a guitar player, and then myself as a singer. My nephew, Omerit, who was one of the originals, uh, one of the lead singers of Bahamen when they won the Grammy. My son, who is now with the police band. And then I have a couple of grandsons that have really great voices. And so now I am able to connect it. Um, being a, a father that is instrumental in my children's life to a major degree, I now understand this process that Bishop spoke about um, generations. You know what I mean? Uh, it really makes a lot of sense now. And, and that's, that's part of the reason why we're all sitting here because we all can have that connection towards that generation, you yeah. know, what, what it is to have that legacy. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Gibson, <laughs> uh, would you please uh, uh, share with me or share with us, you know, when you, when you hear that or when you were part of that um, sermon um, on, on Sunday, where, where did you go when you heard those words? The thing about it is um, many times we don't think about it, like uh, Nehemiah said, until we, till we hear it and then we picture our own lives and the impact that um, prior generations would have had on where we are and where we're able to go. Right, and, and many times as well, when you hear other families talk, you know, those simple things, you know, like, um, my, like, like my, uh, Nehemiah, my father was a musician, he was a golfer, he loved boating, I'm a musician, I'm a golfer, I love boating. He's a family man, I'm a family man. Um, he was able to um, uh, accumulate certain things in life that he made sure left in place to pass on uh, to my generation and the generation after me. And so I'm doing the same thing. I listen to um, young people talk all the time and they struggle to stay at a home. They say, boy, nobody in my family um, has a home. You know, no one. And uh, for the f I'm the first one to, um, to become a homeowner, or want to become a homeowner, or nobody in my generation um, went to college, the generation before me went to college, and now I'm trying to go to college. And so you sort of tie every, everything in together. Because many times things happen um, before we come along and we don't realize the impact it have on our lives yes. until sometimes when we begin to reflect. You know, like my father was a principle-driven person. I'm a principle-driven person. And so a, a lot of, of what uh, influenced you is what you grow up knowing. My mother was a praying woman. You know, before your foot hit the ground, um, you got to pray, you know. And so um, I, I find it difficult to, difficult to get up in the morning times without praying. And so the, the generation before us uh, sort of charted the course and set the framework as to what we become 
and uh, who we are and how we influence other persons. And like I, I always love, love that sound, so even when you don't see him, he's working. You know, never stop working. And like even when you don't see how these things impact you, I may go to the hospital or the airport, and people treat me in a certain way. And then when I stop and talk to them, they say, boy, you know, your daddy had this influence over my life. And, and sometimes you don't ask them, but they'll tell you sometimes months or years afterwards, you know, I saw you at the airport and you wondered why I do this for you. But that's because the impact that your father had in my life or your mother had in my life. So it, it, it's a serious thing. I, I get to understand that wholeheartedly because, you know, I, I am one of those individuals who um, redeem the kindness of my parents, mm -hmm. you know, have, have done, and even my um, grandparents yeah. have done to many. And so as a result of that, and then carrying a Hervis Bay name, that, that, that within itself, um, sometimes opens and closed doors, yeah. you know, to be honest with you, <laughs> yeah. sir. Uh, but like I, all of us sitting right here can now relate to um, the understanding that God is a God of generations, and, and it goes beyond who we are. Right. It goes beyond basically who our parents were and basically who the grandchildren will be, right. you know, because it's, it's bigger than us. You know, and so when I hear that, I hear uh, I have to run my leg of this marathon, or I have to run my leg of this this race, and make sure that that leg um, is upholding to what was said before. We're going to stop right now and get into another clip, and we're going to come back and we'll continue the conversation uh, with these two distinguished gentlemen. While God has created each of us in His image. Listen to me carefully now. And in his likeness, with individual assignments, God does not think merely in terms of individuals. But God thinks more in terms of generations. That's a theological twist. When God looks at you, he sees you in the context of family. I heard the yep the first time now. He sees you in a bloodline that includes your great-grandparents. Your grandparents. Your parents. When God looks at you, he sees you. Then he sees your children. Your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, because he is not a God defined and attached simply to individuals. He's a God of generations. So when you stand before God, he sees you and then he sees your ancestry and he sees your descendants. You are not flying solo in the sight of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to understand in this life, you are not alone. And when God sees you, he sees you in the context of family, even though you were created in his image. And made in his likeness. And he sent you on a specific individual assignment. That assignment is not supposed to end with you.
So when God sees you and assigns you, he also sees your children. And he also sees your grandchildren. And he also sees your great-grandchildren. Because what he has assigned to you is bigger than you and will transcend your lifetime. Wow. So, gentlemen, let's continue the conversation. When we hear that uh, the God that we serve is a God of generation, and also that when we hear a promise from God that he will make us or you a great nation, Nehemiah, let's lead off with you. What do you, what comes to mind overall in hearing that? I mean, especially right now on the eve of uh, the 40th, 48th um, well, 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 independence. Yeah. You know, a lot of us, we, we, we gravitate to that Bible verse that says a parent leaves an inheritance for their children's children. You know? um, when you hear of God making you a great nation, um, you think you actually thinking as a descendant, what did daddy achieve? What did daddy, daddy achieve? And you put yourself in the category of, okay, how do you make that, how do you make what you're doing better than what they did? And so it comes down the chain. I mean, you want to always be in a position where you can build on what was already established. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, so if we put that in biblical terms, Abraham was the father of many nations. And then he came down the line and we could see prosperity. We could see the blessings that came along with Abraham. So how do you take that as a descendant of Abraham, if you believe in God, to apply that or make that applicable to your life and your family life? And so... I stand on that word that, you know, the God I serve is a God of much. He gives to me as he gave to Abraham as a descendant of Abraham. So I heard family in that. In yeah. other words, a great nation is a great family. Yes, sir. Mr. Gibson? Yeah, I mean, when you look, for instance, at, at the country, and a lot of times we take for granted where we are and, and what we believe in as a country. and. Um, but you sort of look at the history of your country, and then you see the parallel to um, God being a God of generations. I mean, if you look at the Lenin, for instance, who um, we consider to be the father of the nation, who, um, when we looked at going um, uh, independent as a country, he had ministers of the Baptist church, mm -hmm. ministers of the gospel there with him, mm -hmm. right? And that's why it's enshrined in our constitution. I'm not sure how many other constitutions have it, about us being a Christian nation. You know, and so when you look at, at the foundation that he laid initially to bring us to a point where we, we were going to be an independent country, he used all of the right ingredients, right? Um, the Lord placed him there for a time where he was very visionary, right? And so many of the things that he spoke about back then, if you listen to his speeches, <laughs> they're still relevant today. You know, when back then, as, they, as, as persons listened, Person say, oh, that's London, you know, that, that's um, something that, you know, we could never achieve that, we could never do that, you know, as a country. But 
Today, they say, boy, if you had listened to him at that time, he could have been so much further ahead. And so that, his generation prepared the groundwork for where we needed to go. The next generation came afterwards and did some other stuff. And um, now this generation is, is carrying on the bottom even, even further. But the point is, each one had a role to play. And each one did it in a visionary way where they, uh, where they were always principally guided by the Lord. Mm -hmm. and, and, and guided by the Lord, therefore, we can always win then. Absolutely. We can always Absolutely. win, right? And so as a result of that, a great nation starts with a great family. And as right. a result of that, the great family starts with a connection to the Lord. Right. And, and they were in touch enough that they had the spiritual fathers with them at the time directing them. That was important. That's very important. Yeah. I mean, how, how is it now important for uh, you gentlemen, you know, I, I can just point it to, to, to you gentlemen right now. How is it important to be that good father, that good grandfather? When we talk about legacy, when we talk about uh, a continuance of generation, um, why is it important to be uh, that image to that next generation or that grandchild or that great-grandchild, uh, Nehemiah, how would you feel? It's, it's, it's very, very important. Uh, as I said earlier in the story of Abraham, he impacted the lives of his children, which gave him room to impact the lives of his grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So I see myself in the same position where you know, I think I would have said, um, you know, I see myself as the one that will reinforce what I taught my children in, their, in my grandchildren. What I taught my children, I would know that, it's make, that it made sense in their lives if I see some of that in their children. You know what I mean? So that gives me pleasure to, if I see my, my grandchildren doing something that I know was not acceptable, to me, as a, as a dad, uh, you know, they say grandfathers and grandparents are a little bit soft on the grandchildren. We are, I admit. But there comes a time when we get enough, and then they get to see some of what we were with the children. And so it's very, very important to be around if you have the opportunity to impact the lives of your grandchildren. And that's something that I try to do. As often as so I you're can. the gatekeeper of tradition then? Yes. Mr. Sure. Gibson, how, how do you feel towards that? Well, the, the thing about it is uh, um, we all recognize every day more and more that our role is so important. Okay. Right? Not only in what we say and what we impart in them in terms of wisdom, because like most things, um, if you don't have to allow the kids, or kids sometimes have to understand, you don't have to go through certain things in order to believe it could happen. Understood. Right? Because uh, experience is something that um, you have to go through. You can't go to college to learn these things. But if you've got a parent and a grandparent who understands the importance of being the proper role model and not only telling the kids what to do, whether it's the kids or your grandkids, but actually showing them, let them see you doing it. Mm -hmm. Because, it, you know, a lot of times you, you, if you look at the mannerism, for instance, of grandkids or kids who hang around a particular parent um, all, all the time, the mannerisms are the same, and they don't even recognize it. And a lot of times you think kids are not sharp enough, particularly these days, to pick up these things, and they pick them up right away. Right. And so it, it, it is important as we have a responsibility to prepare them for life and, and to prepare them to prepare the next generation 
that we always remember that no matter how simple it may seem, right, whatever you do, impact their lives. They're watching all the time. They're listening to you. And they're watching to reconcile what you say versus what you do. And they'll be the first ones, even if not to point it out right away, to say that at some point in time, well, Daddy or oh, Mommy, you know, I know you told us this, but when I look, I saw you doing something else. You know what I mean? So it's important for us to make sure that as, as we learn and get to appreciate from the previous generations what we need to do in order to prepare the next generation, we ourselves do what is necessary to make sure that we give these kids the best possible chance to be able to survive for their generation and to pass on to the next generation. And that's the benefit of the sacrifice. Absolutely. Blessing God gave Abraham will pass from Pastor Isaac, who bestowed upon Jacob. And through him came the 12 tribes of Israel. Then the Messiah. God's blessing and favor on Abraham were transferred to his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren. And it kept coming down through 42 generations until it got to Jesus. And from the ascension of Jesus, it's been 50 generations. So that means it took 92 generations to get to us. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care how long it took since it took it. And right now, me and you who are part of the family of God, this is talking about us. We made it in the covenant. Wow, what more can be said? I think there's a lot more that could be said, but the time is limited. So what an impactful discussion. And based on what I've heard and what you've heard, I think that the Blessing of Abraham series has been an impactful one um, to us all. So I encourage you, my brothers and my sisters, to visit neilellisministries.com to get a copy of the entire series of the blessing of Abraham. Until next time, I'm Pastor Hervis Bain III, and on behalf of our senior pastor, Bishop Neil C. Ellis and Lady Patrice Ellis, and to my guests, these distinguished gentlemen, Nehemiah Hill and Shane Gibson, and our entire team, we thank you for joining us for what we believe was a real experience. And most of all, thank you once again for being a part of this program, remembering always, you have been anointed to walk in victory. If you accept Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sins, you become an heir to the Abrahamic covenant. Ten of the promises that God made to Abraham in the Abrahamic covenant. Number one, he will give you a great family. God wants your family to inherit the Abrahamic blessing. Number two, he will bless you. Number three, he will give you a great name. I want you to hear that with God saying, I'll do it from the crown of your head to the very sole of your feet. I'll make your name great. Number four, through you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Number five, he will give you prosperity. As a child of God, being broke 
is not on God's agenda for your life. Number six, he will bless those who bless you. Number seven, he will curse those who curse you. Number eight, he will give you good health. Good health is not just a special offer. It's a covenant right. Number nine, you shall be a blessing. Number ten, he will give you long life. Don't let the devil get this victory. You have been promised long life. Christian believers, we don't have to wait until we die to enjoy the benefits of the promises of God made to us through the Abrahamic covenant. God is a God who keeps his promises. Bishop Neil C. Ellis and the Mount Tabor Church family in Nassau, Bahamas, wish to thank you for viewing the Walking in Victory broadcast and invite you to tune in next week to experience this powerful prophetic ministry. Should you wish to correspond with Bishop Ellis, please write him at P.O. Box N9705, Nassau, Bahamas, or email him at info at neilellisministries.com. Walking in Victory.